Ksuvas Per Gimel Mishnah Tes 3.9, the last of the parak. Up to now, we've been talking about the knas, the penalty that's applied to the onus and, and the mafata. So our Mishnah here is going to make a new point, and this point applies to all the knasos throughout the Torah, not just with regard to onus and mafata. that if the perpetrator, the one who did the bad thing, if he voluntarily goes to the Bezdin and admits what he did, so then, well, he'll have to make whatever compensatory payments have to compensate the person for their damage or their loss, etc. In the case of the onus and the and the mafate, we're talking about paying the pagam, the boshes, and in the case of onus, also um, the tsar. But the kenas payment, he won't have to pay. The basic rationale for this, first of all, is based on a pasuk. The pasuk is talking about the penalty of paying kefel, a double payment for the ganav, one who steals, the idea being that when, when one steals, so if someone breaks into your house in the middle of the night and steals $100, so then he has to pay you back the $100. That's a compensatory payment. He's compensating you for your loss. He took 100 he pays back 100 But in addition to that 100 that he's paying as compensation, he also is going to have to pay a penalty. Now, the penalty when it comes to Geneva stealing is not a fixed fine, like in the case of Onus and Mafata being 50 shekels. It's actually a variable fine, and it varies to be simply double the amount that he stole. And therefore, it's not usually referred to as a kanas, which is like a fine, um, but rather it's referred to as the kafel payment, the double payment. But conceptually, it's the same. It's also a kanas, meaning it's not about compensation, but it's about, it's a it's a penalty. It's, a, it's punitive. It's to punish him for doing a bad thing. So the point is that in the context of the Psukim there, it says in Shmos Chavbeis Pasuk Ches 22.8, it says, Asher Yarshiun Elohim, if it's the Elohim he refers to the judges, if they're the ones who confirm that he is a Rashi, he's not something wicked, he's a thief. So then Yishalem Shnaim Lerehu, he pays that double payment to his fellow Jew, the victim from whom he stole. But the Drush is, that assumes that it's the court's that impugned him, that rendered him to be um, wicked. But if he himself volunteered it, and it was before the court convicts him, there's no witnesses yet, he comes and says, I admit it, I stole it, here's the money back. So then he has to give back the money, of course, the compensation, the principal, the care, and the amount he stole, but he won't have to pay that double payment that Kefal, that Kanas, the penalty. And that principle, therefore, is now applied elsewhere throughout the whole Torah, wherever there's a kanas payment, meaning it's not compensation, but rather some kind of penalty. One doesn't have to pay it if he's the one who volunteers that he's guilty, as opposed to being convicted by the courts through some other witnesses. And therefore the Mishnah says, Ha'omer pitisi es bito shoploni. A person goes to Bezin, he says, I want to confess my crime. Last week, I was mafata, I seduced so-and-so's daughter. So now, mishalem boshes vagam. He has to make the boshes payment, the humiliation that he brought upon the family, and the pagam, the depreciation, the damage he did on the girl. Al piatzmo, he does pay those based on his confession. Ve'enu mashalim kanas, but he doesn't pay the kanas, those 50 shekels, because he himself was the one who admitted it and brought this to the best attention before he was convicted by the courts through witnesses. Meaning if witnesses would have come, and he admits after the fact, it's too late, he pays the kanas, of course. And there is a machlokus Amorayim, what happens if he admits first and then witnesses come second? And the luck is that if he did admit first and he brought the court's attention, then witnesses come second, so then indeed um, he actually will be off the hook from the kanas part of it. Similarly, says the Mishnah, Ha'omer ganavti, a person commits a theft, 
But then he, you know, the next day says, you know, I feel bad. And he goes to the courts and says, listen, I stole this. And here's the money back. So then, like I described before, he's going to only pay the, the amount he stole for compensation, but not the penalty, the careful payment. Or if he says, tavachti or macharti, I slaughtered or I sold. This is referring to a special other did in the Torah. If a person steals a sheep or a cow, and then he has the temerity to slaughter that sheep or cow, or to sell that sheep or cow that he sold, so then um, he doesn't pay just a kafel payment, a double payment. He actually pays four times the value if it's a sheep, or five times the value if it's a cow. Just to make sure you're clear, the first payment, that, like it was, let's say the cow is worth 100 and he's paying now a 500 payment. That means 100 of the 5 is the principal amount, that's compensation, and the other 400 out of 500, that's going to be the kanas, the the penalty. So the point is, if a person confesses to having sold or slaughtered the cow, or sheep for that matter, um, just like any other theft as it is, so since he fessed it up, and not the bezin making him guilty through witnesses, etc., so then mishalem esa keren al pi atzmo, based on his confession, he'll have to pay the principal amount, meaning the compensatory amount, he has to pay. So he has to pay back what he stole, whether it's $100, or the value of one sheep, or the value of one cow, but ve'ena mishalem tashlumi keifil v'tashlumi arba v'chamisha, but he won't pay the extra penalty payment of the double payment for regular theft, or for the four times payment, meaning the extra three for the sheep, or the five times payment, meaning the extra four for the theft, and then the subsequent, again, um, slaughtering or sale of the cow. Now, another case, if a person has a cow, a shore, and that cow, let's call it a shore, is like a bull, ox, whatever it is, it's all the same, right? Um, the assumption is that um, a person's, a bull is a, is a tum. They're not really dangerous animals. They're cows in general are docile animals, unless you rile them up, um, or unless they have like particularly you know bad bad personality. So then um, you can assume that cows are safe to have around, like having a cat or a puppy dog or something. But sometimes they go bad. Um, the fourth parak of Bavakama discusses at great length what happens if you have what's called a shorham muad, a, a cow that's confirmed to be a dangerous cow, the kind of cow that gores people. Um, meaning it's done it before, three times, the person was warned already formally, your cow's dangerous, um, you have to keep it under lock and key, and the guy doesn't. And then the cow goes and gores somebody and kills that victim. So then, amongst other things, there's a separate din, which is he has to pay what's called a co-fair payment. The Mishnah here, our Mishnah here, is assuming that the co-fair payment is actually a financial compensatory payment. And the basic gist there is that the perpetrator, the owner of the cow, who's now guilty for not keeping a dangerous cow under lock and key properly, or killing it, as the case may be, it maybe needs to be put to death. Whatever the case is, um, since he didn't guard his dangerous cow properly, he has to, at a minimum, um, gain atonement, kapara, paying a co-fair payment, by giving um, the value of the person to the to the heirs. That's a discussion. I don't want to get too much more into the topic of co-fair right now. Um, but the, a similar rule would apply if a person's um, cow went and uh, killed another cow, another another livestock, or whatever it is. Again, once it's a shore mood, there's a penalty payment for you being reckless, irresponsible. Um, um, excuse me, I shouldn't say reckless. I shouldn't say a penalty payment. These are considered financial payments that you owe because you're you're responsible because you're reckless for keeping a dangerous animal. And therefore, um, even if you admit to it, says the Mishnah here, you still have to pay because that's not considered a kanas. So therefore, the Mishnah says, "Hey, Mishoro Esploni, if one's cow kills so and so, like the neighbor, something like that, Oshoro Shoploni, or if it kills so and so's cow." 
So in those cases, Harezim Meshalem al Piatzmo, when he goes to the courts and admits he was remiss in keeping his cow properly away from the public, um, he's still guilty and has to make the payments. However, there's a different category of um, situation, which is where one's Shor Hamud, his cow, goes and it it kills um, his neighbor's Evid Kanani, his slave. So now this is more complicated. You're, you've got a person, the victim is the slave, of course. But there's another victim, which is the owner of the slave. He's lost money. Now, the Torah doesn't want to put a dollar amount on the loss of the, the financial loss of the slave owner, because that just cheapens the Tzelem Elohim of the Evid himself. Um, but it does, therefore, give some kind of fixed amount you have to pay, 30 shekels. So we're not saying how much the human life is worth, God forbid, um, but at least the, the, the owner of the slave has to get paid back something. So whether the slave is worth more or less than 30, it doesn't matter. There's a fixed payment of 30. Once you have a fixed payment that's not about compensation per se, now you're in the world of kanas, and therefore the rule of hamod kanas pater, one who admits that he owes what he owes, will be exempt. And that's the case over here, where it says, Hamemis shoro, excuse me, the person testifies, Hamemis shori avdo shaploni. He comes to Bez and he says, it was my cow that killed so-and-so's slave. Since he's being molded by Kanas, he's making the admission and not being brought to um, guilt by the courts through their judge, through their the judges and the witnesses. Therefore, Eno Meshalem al Piatzmo, he doesn't pay based on that confession because he's exempt because it's a Kanas payment. Zakhlal says the Mishnah, summing up, the basic principle is Kol Meshalem Yaser al Mashahizik. Whenever a person pays an amount more than the damage he calls, meaning it's no longer compensation, but rather some kind of penalty, punitive payment. And the truth is, by the way, it's true also if the amount he's paying is less than what he damaged, that also be like they could also could still be considered a kanas, because anytime it's not really compensation, paying back what you damaged or stole or whatever it is, then it's not it's something else besides compensation. It's now in the category of kanas. Then if one admits it himself, rather than being brought to court by the brought to justice by the courts, so then his admission by volunteering the information makes him exempt from the kanas payment, the the the, the non-compensatory component of whatever he has to pay. He still have to pay the compensation, but not the kanas. And with that, we finish the third parak of Mesachis Ksubos.